Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because... Like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, we've got a couple of we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yeah, uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete, um, gym owner, and all around nice guy. Um, yeah, and there's there's so much good information and good content there that, and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing. So yeah, this is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive, so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk. Awesome, Dave. Yeah, enjoy the episode, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, all the best. Well, we started well today. <laughs> but hey, everyone, great to see, uh, great to see everyone on. Uh, I think we're going to get some form of Yeti coming in very soon. Dave? He's arrived all the way from Nepal. <laughs> there we go. How are you doing? Finally, wow, this is, this is weird. Yeah, that, that together. That, that was a bit of a uh, bit of a mad scramble. Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> That's all right. Well, hey everyone, um, Andy and hey, Dave. everyone. In the podcast studio, it feels a while. Since yeah, it, it's it? good. We're not, we're not normally in the same place at the same time. I know it's weird, Dave. We're too close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, everyone. Um, yeah, great to be back. Um, I know I left you in the. Uh, more than massively capable hands of Dave. And I heard you actually got to meet Fee last week as well. So, yeah, yes. well done. Um, I did see a little bit. Uh, I was on holiday last week, so we're back today. Uh, apologies for the tech issues to start off. Um, yeah, apparently we couldn't see Dave, but now we can. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and um, although it doesn't look like it, I am sort of like kind of an arm's length away. So <sighs> it's too late for that now. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> no worries. Well, i yeah, so today um, it's been a bit of interesting over the last week. Um, I was I was away, uh, I was actually in Greece, but I did hear that you had some stormy weather over here, um, and it got us thinking a little bit about weather and what it's like on our trips. Um, you know, Everspace Camp, Killy, yeah, uh, Machu Picchu, because we do get some questions around. You know, what's the temperature like if you go in March? What's the weather like? You know, during the day, during the evenings, and the same. Um, you know, on all the other trips, we thought, well, I know we've we've talked briefly on it over the you know, over all the lives that we've done now. Uh, I think this is like a 21st live, which is nuts. Why wow, is it that many? Uh, in, in a row. So, yes, which is awesome. Um, and, yeah, we, we thought, why don't we, we, we talk on about it? So, yeah, we're going to start off talking about that. As always, we always get, uh, you know, I'm sure Dave will, will, will talk about equipment because <laughs> we always go on to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and any questions, do post them in the comments because our social yeti, Lauren, is uh, writing down those and will be sending them our way. Um, but right, Dave, yeah, where should we start with regards to um, well, weather? And the, the question, the yeah, the question we got asked the other day was, what's yeah. the difference um, between trekking in the spring and trekking in the autumn? Yeah. Specifically about going to uh, Nepal, the Everest region, Everest Base Camp. Um, and it's quite interesting because I've been at both times and... Yeah. Andy's been at three different times a year, but we'll touch on that in a minute. The main two is um, sort of March, April, May, September, October, November. And I think the biggest difference between the two, the temperature yeah. is not that different. The temperature is relatively mild during the day. It's going to be cold in the morning and cold in the nights, um, certainly below zero in the nights when, uh, as you get to a higher altitude. Yeah. I think the biggest difference, though, is more in line of what you see in the overall field because – in March, April, and May, there's, there's summer in Everest, yeah. you know, which draws huge numbers of people. So the trail will be busier, um, but it's it's quite an exciting form of busy because you are meeting people that are looking to summit, you know, the roof of the world. Um, so you get to chat with the Sherpas, chat with the guides, you know, chat with you know the the the, the clients. 
Um, and you will, when you arrive at base camp, there's almost two base camps then. So there's Trekkers Base Camp, which is a little bit further away from the edge of the icefall. And then right up to the edge of the icefall, then you've yeah. got um, Climbers Base Camp, which is full of tents and stuff. Yeah. Um, the best thing that happened when we were there was that we got brought like hot tea and coffee for the first time. Back in April, wasn't it? Back in April. Yeah, yeah. Well, April last year. Yeah, April 2019. And it was amazing because we were just yeah. there and our guide, Bebek, who's actually summited, uh, went over, spoke to some team members that he knew over there. And the next thing you know, there was like hot coffee and tea <laughs> and biscuits and base camp. It was amazing. Um, one of the other things I think that's different in the spring is all, uh, if you're into your photography and particularly like pretty images and stuff, yeah, yeah. all the flowers and stuff, the cherry blossom on the trees and stuff like that. It was that. the first time we saw that, wasn't it? It yeah. was, um, yeah, all the, lots of the flora was out. It was um, it was pretty awesome, especially as well if you're into nighttime photography. Yeah. Um, it's, it's brilliant. But yeah, it's... Um, I know you touched on it there. What's the difference between spring and sort of another time of year? And I think yeah, it's 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 very similar at certain times of the year. So you've got like um, March, April, May. Yeah, they are very similar. You, you, I'd say the early March, it does get down below zero. Um, sometimes you know, especially if you're in the shadows of the mountain, it can be quite uh, cold. And then you might get some precipitation. So if you're higher up and it's obviously less than zero, you're going to get some snow. So I, you know, we always tend to see that trips. So beginning of March ish, um, we'll get some snow. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if you maybe got over some of the high passes. Uh, so it's something to sort of think about. Um, especially if you're going over like Chola, Kongmala, Renjola, even if you're climbing some of the peaks like Island Peak, um, you know, you might get some snow up there. So it does make the conditions a little bit tougher. <clears throat> then as you go into sort of April and May, it does start to get warmer as you move in towards the summer months. Um, you know, so if you do go in sort of I'd say mid to late May. Yeah, it, it can be quite warm. I mean, during the day, doesn't matter what time of year you go, you're going to be in shorts and t-shirt most of the time. Yeah, would you say? Yeah, you I would say so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially in the lower altitude. So, yeah. um, probably at least up to sort of Tangboche, it's possible to get like sunburn during the day. Yeah. Um, I know the first time I ever went there was in October. Um, and I got sunburned on my way up to Namshu because you know, <laughs> it's mad, yeah, it? it's, it's crazy, but um. The other thing that we do want to, I, I, I kind of want to highlight is that the weather in the Himalaya is changeable. Absolutely. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. although like I've, I've said to people before, you know, I think, yeah, if you go in October, it'll be quite nice. You'll have clear days and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's by and large true. But I was there last time in October and it was the coldest I've ever had it. But then the warmest I've ever had it was also in October on another trip. Yeah. You know, so it, it is it is constantly changing up there. Um, I think perhaps climate change has a little something to do with it. Yeah. Um, but if you are lucky and you get the snowfall, wow, like you can get some it's amazing. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, so it amazing. Was, it was the April was the prettiest I've ever seen uh, the Kumbu. Yeah, I mean I've walked through those rhododendron forests quite a lot of time, but I've never seen all the cherry blossoms on the trees and stuff. And I'm not even one that takes a lot of pictures, but even I had to get the phone out and take a couple of pictures. Yeah, yeah. Some questions coming through here actually. I think Monique asked about Peru. Yeah, um, I mean I know we 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 obviously focus a lot on Nepal. Um, and, and, and now Kili as well, and Machu Picchu. Yeah, so in September, you're kind of looking at it. It does, it does kind of change. You, you've got uh, in September, you're looking at maybe anything from 15 to 25 degrees. Yeah, you won't really see much snowfall um, around September, to be honest. Even though it's southern hemisphere, um, you know, you might do sort of higher up, maybe on on the high pass. It might be rare occasion. But actually, at Machu Picchu, um, you know, you're not going to get too much uh, snow there, yeah. just because of where you are. But um, you know, as, as you're going through the valley, um, you know, especially around the Salcante area, um, you'll be able to see, um, you know, you see the snow line is quite high, um, so you can kind of gauge it then, um, you know, what it's like up there. Yeah, uh, especially Mount Salcante, which is like the big mountain that you'll see. Yeah, um, it's almost the equivalent of if you've been on Everest Base Camp, uh, you're trekking through uh, the Kumbu region. Amada Blam is always there. It's very much like that with Mount Salcante as well. So that is there and it'll always be there when you're hiking through the valley. Um, so I hope that answers your, your question, Monique. I had an interesting question from um, Ali, which is how does the weather and the time of year impact your packing list? That's a great question. Is Where really? is Ali? I can't see Ali. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm getting them oh, from... Oh, here she um, is. Ali. Yeah, I'm getting them from um, Beam straight to me. <laughs> Very good. Um, via the social yeah, Yeti. Via the social Yeti, yeah. So I always go by the social Yetis. Well, um, I happen to bring a question up. Nice. Yeah, nice. Um, <coughs> by and large, it's going to remain the same. Yeah. The one thing you want to do is if you're going towards the 
Because if you're going in the spring, yeah. you're coming from the off the back of winter. And if you're going in the autumn, you're coming off the back of the monsoon. Yeah. So early in the season, in spring, it can be actually colder, but it's going to be getting slightly warmer um, the closer you get to sort of um, the end of May. But it is possible, you know, that you'll have some snowfall. Yeah. Then in September, October, November, it's going to gradually get colder the closer you get to November. Um, so I think if you go in, you know, early in the season in the spring, perhaps you want to pack some thermals and stuff like that if you yeah. feel the cold. And if you go in later in the season in the autumn, again, pack some thermals and stuff like that. But the packing list that we've put together, um, they're sort of all encompassing. You know, so yeah. what we always say is you need to pack for four seasons because one thing I can guarantee is yeah. you're going to see the sun, you're going to see snow, you're going to see the rain, it's going to be cold, wind, everything, sometimes all within an hour. So I think, um, yeah, if you go by the packing list, you're not going to go far wrong. Yeah, nice. Uh, Mo Monique, I, I must have misread your question. Sorry. Uh, you put about April. Um, so sorry about that regarding Machu Picchu. Yeah, yeah. With um, it, It's not too dissimilar. You can get down sort of 10 degrees um, around April time, um, especially obviously a little bit colder during the night. So again, you, you won't see much snow up there. Um, I'd say out of all the treks that we do, it's probably the greenest, yeah. um, you know, because you're, you're not a million miles away from the Amazon. Um, and, and there's a lot of forest around there. Um, you know, although you've got the, the mountainous peaks behind uh, around you, um, near Ma Machu Picchu is very green. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's not much snow really uh, on the on the color on any route you go really. Um, there are, you know, you're in the uh, Peruvian Andes. There's lots of that which uh, there are snow. Um, you know, we've been looking at some future trips that we're we're trying to put together over the next um, couple of years. Um, you know, somewhere that's a bit bit higher, a bit different. Um, there's a really cool place actually called the Ausangate area. Um, it's something we're looking at. So yeah, uh, you know, if you're looking for snow in in Peru, yeah, uh, that might be one for you. But um, yeah, so sorry about that. Um, I don't know why I put September. It might have been someone else talking or, or messaging. But I hope that answers your, your question a little bit, Monique. Yeah. Um, so Paul, no, not Paul. Sorry, uh, Lucy uh, Barrett has asked. Make Dukdal in January. Temp Ooh. variation. It's cold. So, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> Jan January would be considered a winter ascent yeah. of Tukal. Um, essentially, Tukal can be like, because you're in Morocco, in the summer, it can be like really hot, you know, so it can be a really warm trip. Um, yeah. It's always going to be cold when you go to the summit because you'll leave sort of, you know, in the dark and stuff yeah. like that. So it's always going to be cold. Anytime you get to around 4,000 meters and the sun's not out, you're going to be feeling it. In January, it's just it's, it's even more so. Yeah. Um, so you may need some crampons and things like that to tackle the terrain. If it's, um, you know, if it's particularly cold, it's going to be ice on the rocks and things. So you will need crampons and things like that. Uh, it's not technical climbing. It's just for grip. Um, and, yeah. and we can provide those for you. Um, you know, and they're widely available um, in Marrakesh and stuff like that. But the guides will be fully prepared for the conditions in January. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be a chilly one. It's going to be a chilly one in January. Yeah, it's quite different. Um, like it's weird because you go to Morocco, you think it should be boiling, but um, literally an hour and a half out of um, out of Marrakesh, and you get to ah, can't believe I forgot the Imla. Uh, Imla that's it. Imla, yeah, uh, Imla, and you get to Imla, the temperature drops, and you're around about sort of thirteen, fourteen hundred meters up. But then as you start to get get higher, um, it's clear then, especially around January time. Uh, I was actually in Morocco in in February, yeah, um, just for Kili. Uh, and it is pretty cold at best. Nice, actually, because it's so hot in the city. But then once you go to the mountains, it's lovely. But yeah, as Dave said, um, you know, it's proper winter conditions there. Um, you know, but with regards to crampons, ice axe, um, we do. You, you don't have to have technical skills, but like it's like anything, any experience you do have on snow, um, you know, whether it be just just hiking in your local hill in winter, maybe a bit of snow. Um, if you've got crampon use, great. It all helps. Um, so yeah, hope that answers your question, Lucy. Yeah, the other um thought you'd mentioned temperature differentials. I know yes. February we went to Kilimanjaro, it was crazy. Like in Moshi, it was 38 degrees. And we went from like yeah. within 24 hours, the summit of Kili, which yeah. was I don't know what it was, minus 10. It was, it was about with the wind, yeah. Yeah, with the you know, the ice in the bowl was frozen solid and it stayed frozen all the way down during the walk, all the way yeah. back to Barafu camp. Um, and then, but within 24 hours, I was back in Moshi and it was 38 degrees again. It was great. <sighs> I know we, we went there in July, which is quite warm, um, quite warm in July. And we went to like the swimming in the natural, uh, 
natural yeah that was really nice wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, well, that was yeah, natural hot springs although it was freezing um, yeah but it was quite yeah. nice <laughs> um yeah they, they call it a hot spring i would call it a natural spring yeah it's not hot there was no hot but you know it was fine uh paul dewhurst has asked an interesting question so um and I posted, okay i posted a little bit about this on our social media over the last uh at the end of the last week okay do you have to carry your trash off everest mm -hmm. um you know initially i was going to say well you don't have to paul but actually i'm going to say yeah you do so uh, yeah um we do encourage it yeah we do encourage it and um you know part of being involved in with evertrek and being on an evertrek trip yeah. is that we do like to look after the land in which we're actually um exploring and walking and adventuring yeah so um one, one of the big things for us is is one limit in the amount of like uh you know one use plastics and things that we bring or use on the mountain um so we we use water filters and stuff like that water purifying filters to prevent the use of um, bottled water. Yeah. Um, and any trash and things like that, that, you know, say if you buy like a tube of Pringles or something like that, normally in the villages, there will be places where you can deposit that waste and it'll be then be brought back down. Um, but if you want to help as well and, and bring some of that, you know, rubbish back down with you, yeah. um, you can get rid of it in Lukla then and it'll be transported off the mountain. Um, one interesting thing that happens all over the Kumbu, but it's sort of uh, centralized in Namshi, is the uh, Saga Martha next Carry Me Back yeah, campaign. That's brilliant, isn't it? We love I know you, you did a little post about it. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. So what they do is they collect all the, the plastic waste from the mountain and it gets, um, you know, processed into these little sort of silver bags with clips on them. Yeah. Um, what happened, they, they weigh next to nothing and they ask you just to carry at least one back and you just clip it to your bag. You'll see yeah. people looking like giant misshapen spacemen because they've carried like about 20 of them. Brilliant. Um, but I would say, yeah, um, you know, wherever you go, whether that be even in Everest or whether it be on Penavan or something like that, um, if you see a crisp packet or something, try and pick it up. Yeah. Um, just because it makes it far more pleasant for everybody and, you know, it'll it'll stay like that for a lot longer. Yeah, and I know Monique's put an important... Yeah, point there. I know you said it then about it doesn't matter where you are. Unfortunately, guys, I think you know you, you do get your your knobheads <laughs> who do like to to throw their rubbish away. And you know, luckily we don't get any on Evertrek trips because I kind of feel where um, even us just talking about this and, and the things we we like to do and promote and almost you know we want to encourage uh, keeping the area clean. It's a very clean area. I mean, I know Everest gets a lot of bad press um, just because of the. Um, uh, some of the trash they say that's on Everest regarding the the mountain itself, not necessarily base camp. It's very clean. Yeah, very clean. Uh, I've seen a lot worse, especially in the UK, unfortunately. But um, you know, we can, we can do our best. Um, you know, we we can you know bring it bring what we can down. Um, you know, obviously we we can't carry it all, but yeah, if you can do your bit, it's yeah. um, you know good karma, <laughs> and uh, you know you do something do you do something for the area? Exactly. Um, yeah. Lots of times, education. That's why Sagamartha Next is great because they're trying to encourage the local community i mean unfortunately it does happen you know it's in many parts of the world sometimes it's the actual locals unfortunately who um, with, with regards to their education about using rubbish they do just throw it uh, as they've been educated um to, to sort of encourage them to, to actually recycle it yeah that's why sagamartha next is amazing because they're actually designing art using rubbish so they're basically saying look you can find another use for that don't just throw it away yeah so it's really good um it's like anywhere in the world but yeah molly you, you make a really good point there it's about anywhere whether you go in killy any of our trips you know we always encourage people to um you know bring it bring it down with you especially if you if you're having a a wildy as you call it yeah, Dave. Wildy, yeah. you know bag your tissues exactly, get them, get them yeah. down you know sort I, of thing i think that you know it's, just an, it, it's a fact that wherever you find humans you're going to find evidence of humans you know so yeah um you know you, it's not completely free of any humanity um and our waste but uh everest base camp um and i've seen at, at least the evidence that i've seen with my own eyes is that it's remarkably clean the northern side i know had a little bit of a different issue we're on the south side in nepal the northern side in china tibet um you can drive to their base camp um so i think it attracts um a slightly different type of traveler you know someone that's just on a day trip perhaps um and i think maybe you know then it's, it's easier to you know throw stuff but um yeah agree with everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i'm just reading some of the comments from ramona here and uh yeah great recommendation ramona i've never done that before the ziploc bag for your wee oh, oh do you know, different. Yeah. do you know what they do you can buy these little bags and they've got crystals in them okay and when you pee in them 
um, that it just solidifies into like a into like a gel, so it won't leak or anything like that. Then you just zip it up and you get rid of it. I don't know about the sort of um, sustainability side of it, but I know it. You know, okay. I, I don't want we in my bag. We'll have to uh, to check um, that out. I've got a good question here actually. From where was it? Um, here we go, uh, Haley. Uh, hey, Haley. Uh, thanks for for joining us again. I know you're you're on uh, a lot of our lives. Uh, when is the wet monsoon season in Nepal? So they're just actually coming out of it. It's uh, normally it's June, July, and August. So they get a lot of rain um, in that area of the world. So it's uh, it's been challenging during the monsoon season. I know Nepal has had lockdowns, restrictions on them. They haven't been able to go very far uh, anywhere in the country. But um, yeah, so that's uh, monsoon season. We don't really run trips during that time. Um, obvious reasons. It's, it's a bit too wet. It's hard. Yeah. Lukla is a nightmare to get to in monsoon. When yeah. you, know, you imagine you've got several days of bad weather. You just, yeah, it's not good running trips um, like that. So we, we, we don't do it. I'd recommend Wales um, for that, actually. <laughs> if you wanted to know what it was like to yeah. trek in the monsoon season, um, yeah. Wales is perfect for that. Yeah. Or actually semi-aquatic. Um, but, uh, yeah, also, you know, you, one of the main things you want to do when you go there is see the mountains and see Everest. Um, where there's rain, there's clouds. Where yeah. there's clouds, there's no view. So, yeah, we don't recommend. Uh, Leah has said, in Australia, you're labelled as a tosser if you litter. I think in, that's the same here, right? As in a, yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> yeah, very similar, yeah. Brilliant. I love it, Leah. Love it. Oh, uh, Lucy Barrett, can you get a hold of the mug? Um, we did. We, yes. When the store's up and running, I think. That, can, that is actually quite... I, I think we brought that up on screen there. Can we get hold of your... doesn't say mug. It definitely says mug, though. Look, <laughs> I know it does. I know, but I... I ah, it's oh, in. here we go. This technology today is uh, is really uh, yeah, different. I, I think they've done an update, and um, yeah, it's all a bit. Different. Anyway, to answer your question, yeah, um, I don't know if you've been watching a lot of the lives. Uh, we've been promising about our merchandise store, still being worked on. Uh, I know uh, we want it um, soon finished as soon as possible. Uh, our tech team, um, which we've handed off to another company, is still working on it, um, and then you will be able to get these. Yes, um, you can order them there. They're going to be quite cheap, actually, but uh, yeah, they're great. Um, any pictures when, when you are able to actually order these, Lucy? We'll uh, we'll be communicating that with everyone and saying it's live. Go and get your your mugs and um, all the other stuff that we'll be putting on there, caps and yeah. different things. Uh, Rob Jones has actually corrected me there and said that Wales was lovely this weekend, and you're you're absolutely right there, Rob. Um, I just wouldn't want people to rely on that. <laughs> well done, Rob. Um, because I've uh, lived in Wales pretty much all my life. And uh, have we ever gone to Brecon and it's not rained on us? Like every single time. One day. Well, one maybe day. one maybe day one we day. did it. Although it's very rare. But Rob, I saw some of your pictures, mate. It looked like an awesome weekend. Uh, Rob's always on it. He's always out. He's uh, he's loving the uh, loving the training. But um, yeah, great to see some some questions. I'm just going to that. Where's oh, I'm just scrolling through these questions. Uh, Paul Dewis has said he didn't mean just tossing trash, but using bins in towns and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, good point, Paul. Generally speaking, you know, if where, where there's a bin provided, it'll be provided by the lodge, or yeah. you might even find one on the trail, yeah. particularly in the lower altitudes of up to Tengmacher, you might. Um, and I think they're fine to use because they do do cleanups. Yeah, and they will be bringing it all down. Um, so yeah, if you would, you know, if you have something that you need to get rid of, then that's fine. The only thing I say is that, you know, if you can sort of every tiny little bit helps, you know, if each trekker that went to Everest Base Camp brought back one bottle with them, yeah. the problem wouldn't exist, you know, over the course of a year. So I always try and bring something back with me. Um, but obviously, you know, you, you, you're not there to clean up the kumbu. You're just there to sort of look after yourself and and, and, and do your bit, you know. So that's what we say. Yeah. But, um, yeah. As long as you're not throwing it on the ground and leaving it, that's fine. Exactly. I, sorry, Shane. Um, uh, Shane, nice to see you on here as well. Shane Ryan, uh, I'll bring up your question, uh, which you asked about our lives being in the evenings. Yeah, it's a good question, actually. I know you asked it when, when you came on. Although, good to see you on, if you're asking that question. Um, yeah, it's we, we have thought about this, um, you know, because we understand, obviously, we started these during lockdown, when, um, you know, a lot of the country, I know, um, you know, if any of you are frontline workers, um, you know, or, or still work through, through lockdown, um it, very similar so but i know we started these during lockdown we have seen um obviously a little decrease in, in people um, attending because you know we understand people are back to work especially um you know kids go back to school yeah there's a lot of other things a priority so yeah we are thinking about that um at the moment because we you know the way we work um you know monday to thursday we do these uh, on a tuesday but we do you can catch them on a replay and we also put them on youtube and podcast as well so if you do miss them, you can watch the replay. Obviously, we understand that, you know, we want to try and be there 
uh, all the time for you guys. You know, um, obviously in the evenings, we'll, we'll try and maybe do the odd one in the evenings, but we, we can't promise anything. Um, you know, maybe we'll do the, the sort of odd one. But yeah, we'll have to have a look um, regarding going forward, but we'll, we'll try our best with that. We'll, uh, that's why we put them on the replay, just so if you do miss them, Shane, you can um, catch them. And, you know, if you want any questions asked, drop us an email, send us a Facebook message, and then we can answer them on the live. And then when you do get time then, obviously I know it's different um, engaging live to, to, to watching the replay. But if you want questions answered, we can get them answered for you, mate, okay? Yeah. Uh, but good point. And, you know, thanks for bringing it up. Um, you know, like I said, we want to be as, avail- as available as we can, but, you know, we do have lives as well. Um, but we want to uh, obviously yeah. be here as, uh, when, when we so, can. So uh, Paula's asked an interesting question. Yes. So she's going to Killy in September. Okay. And I, I just saw it on there. So I think you just scrolled past it because it wasn't at the bottom. Ooh, okay. Anyway, I'm going to I'm, I'm yeah, go bring, for it, go I'm for it. bring it. So Paul has asked, <laughs> what's the weather going to be like in Killy on September? Um, yeah, so that's, why that's a relatively mild time of year to go. So it's not going to be extreme temperature either way, although it can get Even. very hot in the lower altitude. Yes. I think on the summit in September, um, the summit temperature is always going to be cold. You know, I mean, whether we're talking a difference of like degrees here is... yeah. Yeah. As long as you're dressed right and you're prepared right for it, you're not really going to feel the difference between sort of like seven degrees and nine degrees, you know. But I think, yeah, it's always going to be freezing on the summit. Your water's going to perhaps freeze. Um, but the guides do carry um, flasks of hot water as well. And it's about making sure you're well hydrated at the start. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's relatively mild in September. You know, it's it, it's one of those where it's going to be cold in the morning and it's going to be cold in the evening. It's probably going to go below zero yeah. in the higher altitudes at night. Um, but other than that, it's going to be relatively mild during the day, perhaps shorts and T-shirt for most of it as well. Um, do you know what? I feel like I need a graphic sort of by here. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, it's going to be relatively mild, you know, during the day with a warm current coming through. you. Know? Michael Fish? As I can imagine you do Michael Fish. Is he the one that fell in the water? Uh, well, because he's called a fish. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm sure there was a guy who um, maybe did. You no, know, it was like a morning TV and he used to jump okay. from what there was like a map of Britain. And he used to do the weather. Wow, he fell in the water. Yeah, it was like oh, it was yeah. a foam board. And I'm pretty sure he jumped from Ireland to the mainland or vice versa and fell in. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, ooh, ooh, I like this one from Paul Dewhurst. Uh, asked about, is there a protocol for number twos? Yes, it's a good shout, actually. I, I, I mean, we don't tell people what to do because, you know, it is down to you. But um, normally there's places to go in terms of toilets, especially on Everest Base Camp or the Everest region, Nepal. Um, sometimes you might be, say you're on base camp day and you just got to go, um, you can bury it, um, you know, depending on where you are. Uh, if you're on Killy, Dave, I know you had to go on Killy, so you're probably the best one to explain. But you, obviously, we we encourage, uh, you know, not, not to leave anything on the mountain, but if you've got to go, you've got to go sometimes. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, I mean, look, we're not... I suppose maybe we're not aiming for sort of ultimate perfection here. You know, we're just talking about doing our bit. Yes. You know, so if you do need to go and have a wildy, um, you know, your stomach <laughs> rumbles and you've got to and you've got to go then, and there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. No one's asking you to bag up all your um, uh, what's it? Uh, excrement. Excrement. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No one's, no one's asking you to, to <laughs> and, and carry that with you for the rest of the day. Yeah. But if you do have a Ziploc bag and you can put the tissues and stuff in there, yeah, um, you know that, that's fine. Yeah, that's the stuff that doesn't degrade as much as as your as your poo. You know? yeah. So yeah, you can keep that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, we always get onto it. Same here, like we always get onto the poo. It's an important question. Um, Doesn't matter what time, what, what the weather is like, people still need to poo. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> Leah has asked a question. Okay. Um, what's the best thing to use for a poop? No, she hasn't. <laughs> I was we... thinking I couldn't see that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. What do you use for waterproofing, not just yourself, yeah. but your backpack? Um, just okay. Water, just a waterproof cover. Um, in, yeah. So they normally come with a rucksack, or you can buy them from almost any outdoor shop. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you just I, that's all. That's all I'll use to waterproof my rucksack. Like an Osprey. Yeah, just like you know the Osprey. You'll see yeah, like yeah. the you know the. Bag covers. The canvas cover thing that goes over the top of the bag. And yeah. normally there's a drawstring or a clip that goes around the bag so it stays in place. Um, that's all I'll use for the bag. Um, with regards to my jacket, my trousers, and my boots, yeah. I will, if the, if I've been out in them in the rain, reproof them, or rather I should reproof them. I probably don't do it every time they get wet. Um, but, yeah, so I'll use um, Nick Wax reproofing stuff for that. 
Um, and for the boots, I've used this, um, I think it was Scarpa did their own one, or was it Granger's? I'm not sure. What's the one we use for the boots? Mandel. Mandel. Mandel, obviously. Mandel. They got their own wax. Yeah, yeah they got their yeah, own yeah. wax really and stuff that you should put on there that'll help keep your boots healthy for longer. Yeah. But the other stuff, there's the this is instant stuff you can just spray on there. But yeah. the best thing to do is like if you've been out in the rain all day and you've got your kit wet, stick it in a washing machine, put it in yeah. with some of the the, war, the waterproof, reproofing stuff. And you do notice a difference. What you want to see on your jacket in the rain is you don't want to see it like a wet tissue. You want to see little beads of water just yeah. sat on the jacket. That means that it's it's not penetrating. And after you've reproofed it and you like spray it with a hose if you wanted to, you yeah. would see lots of little beads all over it, which means it's not getting through. So Yeah, nice. Um, tech Wash is, um, is the one. Uh, tech Wash. They're, they're, they're the, tech wash yeah, they're the ones I've it, used. Yeah. And I yeah, highly recommend them. Um, you know, if you if you want your jacket to last, use that quite regularly. Because you know, especially if you're in Wales, Scotland, England, you know, this when you go out, you do get dirty, um, you get messy. Um, and your jacket's always the last one to get looked after because you you shut your trousers, your socks, your pants, knickers, everything in the uh, you know, in the washing machine, but your your jacket just gets hung up waiting to dry. So it's good to, to get yeah. it washed. It will last longer too. Um. Bernice Carter waves to all the Yetis, <laughs> and I've remembered who Bernice is. That's mum of... Who is she? Uh, mu that's mu that, that's mum of, <laughs> of Yetis. <laughs> I can see her waving now. Yeah. Um, yeah, brilliant, guys. I know there was a, a couple more questions. Um, if you do have any any questions, do fire them away, because I know we've been going for half hour already. Let's have a little look. Uh, oh, here we go. Danny. Danny, thanks for, for joining us. Uh, what the weather be like start of March for Kitty? Good question. Yeah, March is, is very similar. It's... Pretty much seen as fair by sea. Yeah, you, you, it's a fine line, mind, because for some reason in March, I think it's maybe the third week, um, apparently. I mean, this is, um, I've not trekked in March. We, we, we actually got to the summit of Killy uh, on the 29th of Feb. Yeah. But then we were speaking to, to the guides and the people there, because we haven't run any trips in March yet. But just from uh, speaking to them, they do say that the latter part of March is quite wet. For some reason, um, they do tend to historically get a lot of wet weather at the end. The beginning is fine. That's why you look at our dates over the next few years. Um, if we're running those sort of trips, they are tend to be around about that time. So, yeah, we um, we didn't want to, uh, you know, obviously run them in the wettest time. To be honest with Kitty, you can go year round. It's that kind of place. It's very different to Nepal, um, you know, where you get defined seasons. Um, you get all four in the same day. Um, you get wet on the slower slopes warm on the uh, the plateau and then freeze it at the summit yeah. it really does you know so you that's why Achilles such a draw for a lot of people because you can go anytime uh, obviously we, we we have dates group for group trips yeah um so yeah uh, in march uh, in the beginning of march so just to uh, answer your question it's really good um you know you, you're talking during the day as you start off you'd be about 20 degrees um until you get to about three and a half thousand meters then the temperature starts to drop a little bit as you get to Shira 1, Shira 2, uh, then you get to uh, what we call Barranco Wall. It starts to get a bit cooler then as you get closer to, to Kibo, which yeah. is the, the summit, uh, where Uhuru Peak and Kilimanjaro, as you know it. Um, Freedom then, Peak. Freedom Peak, that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Freedom, Freedom Peak, Freedom, yeah. yeah. And then summit night is when it gets really nippy. Um, you know, always, doesn't matter what time of year you go. So, um, you know, I hope yeah. that sort of answers your question a little bit. So, uh, Alexandra has asked um, yes. a good question. Does the weather have an impact on the difficulty of the trip? Good question, Ali. Thinking uh, altitude sickness, physical difficulty, et cetera. Okay. Um, it, it doesn't really, I mean, well, it, yeah. not really. And yes, it's, it's one of those things where with regards to altitude sickness, so things that can affect altitude sickness are like overexerting yourself. Yeah. Um, and if you already have an existing problem um, and you're not sort of firing on all cylinders, then naturally your body's going to be slightly weaker and less resistant to the changes that your body's going to be going through. Um, so if you kind of get drenched and you're not covering your chest and, um, you know, yes, it can potentially tire you out more. Yeah. But I would say overall on the trips that we do, no, because the seasons in which we go trekking, they're you know, they, they exist for a reason and that's because the temperature is perfect or as perfect as we can get yeah. for trekking. So, you know, if you do get a day where you're drenched in rain and stuff like that, it's not going to be day after day after day after day. Yeah. And that's what would have to happen in order for you to get sort of so physically drained that the altitude would, you know, would start to, to play its hand. 
So, um, no, I think the worst that I've ever had it was on the way back from, on the very last day, wasn't it? Namshi to Lukla. Um, oh, that was wet. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We caught a bit at the tail end of the monsoon and, um, yeah, got absolutely drenched. Yeah. Like, I've not even thought was possible, but um, luckily it was on the last day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right there, Ali. It's, um, and uh, yeah, I have to, like, the way I think about it, Whatever the weather is, it doesn't really affect altitude for me. Just it, it's it's more the physical condition of yourself, um, yeah. you know, and how you how you look after yourself. Yeah, and if it's snowing, you know, and your legs get tired, that will affect your, your the, the way you operate from a physical perspective. But the altitude is is always there. Doesn't matter if you're awake. It doesn't matter if you're sleeping. It's always there. Yeah. That sounds scary, doesn't it? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's always watching. You. It's always watching. Altitude you. Is Unlimited in... altitude yeah. is there, guys. Altitude, altitude <laughs> is, it is the monster under the bed. But um, it's too dark. Yeah, but um, it's a beautiful monster. Yeah. When, when you know when you're there. But, um, um, yeah. I also the one thing you know I, I am a big believer in. There's no such thing as bad weather. Just bad clothing. You know, so um, if it well, when we say prepare for all four seasons, yeah. that means that you know if it does rain, you can like just throw on your waterproofs and be fine. If it is super hot, you want to shed some layers and use sunscreen. And if it's cold, you know you can put on your down jacket. So those things, um, as long as you're packed correctly, then the weather shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I think um, I think it's Shane as well. He makes a good point. He's like, who's that? Um, yeah, who's the pretty one in the middle? Who's in the middle? Uh, oh, this is this the Ever Yeah, this is this is our old friend. I know he's been he's been a few um, exhibitions with us, isn't he? He's yeah. been around a bit. He's, he he sits in the office and, and looks looks after the place while we're away. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I re- you know of all the all the time we've had him, a few years, he hasn't got a name. He's never been. Betty the Yeti's got a name. Betty, yeah, I think it's because he's just the Yeti. He is. I you think know, that, he's, he's just, just the, Yeti. the Yeti. Is it but, is that um, his name? Yeah, so uh, Gavin has asked an interesting question. Okay. How cold is it normally for the morning climb oh. of Kalapatar? Uh, I'm it doesn't take too long to get warm. I'm yeah. um, sorry if it's all the <laughs> I love what he said, though. He's, he's, uh, I'm glad we're more entertaining than uh, than listening to your boss, Gav. So, uh, yeah, good question. Good question. Killy is, um, because we always do it. We... Kalapatar. Sorry. Kalapatar. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Kalapatar is... Um, is always cold, and we, we tend to do it uh, in, in sunrise, um, depending on obviously how the group are doing. Time, you know, we always make a judgment call, but most of the time we do it in to, for sunrise, which means you're getting up two hours before uh, in the dark. So you're hiking for two hours. It's always cold. You're talking sometimes minus fifteen, you know, even to the point where if you're taking water, it will freeze. So sometimes we get um, well, we get the guides to carry um, sort of water, hot water in the flask. Just if it gets a bit cold, you know, you can get some resistance here. You want to just put some hot water mm-hmm. down it. Um, but, yes, yeah, so it was always cold. So, yeah, you're right. Um, when you start walking, within 10 minutes, you'll be delayering, like always. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those. But, you you know, we always say you will start off in, like, your down jacket. And 10 minutes in, you'll take that off. And then you'll probably stop for a rest. And you'll get cold again. You'll be putting it back on. So, yeah. it's one of those. Um, as long as you have it with you, uh, when you get to the top then and you see that, a sun rising, uh, hitting Everest, uh, yeah, is, is, is no better view yeah. in the world. So I went up on sunset in 2016, and yeah. that was like the opposite. You know, you go up wearing your normal stuff. Yeah. Remember that where you're leaving from is Gorakshep. Yeah. And it's not the warmest place anyway. It can be because if the sun's right above you, and but Gorakshep is always pretty much kind of cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I went up sort of normally, and as I came down in the dark, it was getting cold. Um, but the majority of the time we go in the morning purely because it's, I went up in the if a sun uh, set only because it was only me and one other and we were quite quick getting to base camp and back. Yeah. So we had loads of free time in the evening. So that's what we did. Um, but most of the time, if you're in like a larger group of, say, 10 people, 10, 12 people, um, you know, you're going to be slightly slower moving. So by the time you get back, there's no time. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Good question, though, Gav. Uh Sorry, I think James uh, asked, uh, what is the hotel like in Morocco? Yes, yeah, really nice. Um, it's more of a, they call them a, a Riyadh over there. Um, so it's very traditional building. Um, so it's, you know, it's not the classic hotel that you see in, in, in the Western world. Uh, it's very Moroccan, <laughs> if I could put it that way. But uh, yeah, it depends on if you're staying there, going on the eight days or the four day. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you go in to, to do um, your Roof of the North trip with us and you go in there for the four days, you won't really see much of Morocco. But if you do the eight days, you get two nights in in in, in, um, in Marrakesh, sorry, 
Um, whereas the uh, the actual places we use on the mountain, really nice. Um, Imlil, um, which is where you be uh, where you go for the first day or night, depending on if you're doing the four or eight day itinerary. Um, you'd be staying just out of there, and it's um, yeah, it's a really nice place. It's uh, it's very very Moroccan. It's, it's hard to explain it, but they're just um, it's it's like something out of Indiana Jones. I always go there, and <laughs> and it's it, just the landscape. Just it's a proper adventure, you know. Um, just just where it is, and because uh, you're with the Berber people as well, so the food's fantastic. Food's amazing. Um, uh, yeah, if you're into if you're into your food. Um, what other questions, Dave? Got any more, mate? Um, that you can spot. Uh, Gav's on it again, and Ramona's always on here. Ramona always loves seeing Ramona mm. on here. Alex, uh, Ali made a, a good point actually about um, about yeah, with regards to the water and it expanded. Yeah, you want to limit the amount of explosions you have uh, water uh, explosions um, on any of the any of the trips. So yeah, you've got to be careful with regards to well, water expanding when it's frozen. I've never heard of that happening though. It doesn't really to the extent it? where it's, yeah, I mean only fizzy stuff. Really, will do that to the extent where it'll actually burst a can or something. Um, but what you know, your bladder and your water bottles—if it freezes in there, it won't crack the bottle or anything like that. Not unless you really mega overfilled it. Um, but the, actually, the biggest explosion I ever had was a packet of crisps. So like, I was wondering where you were going with that. <laughs> yeah. So the, the thing is, that when you go up higher in altitude, because of the pressure differential, bags of crisps are like on a plane. You know, they start to yeah, expand. Yeah, that's why the pressure. Well, I had a pack in my rucksack that I left there, like since Kathmandu and then I think it was uh on the way to Lobouche and I stopped on Memorial Hill just for, at the top and I just sort of leant back against the ground like flopped back and it was a boom I was like what was that yeah. <laughs> and then I opened it up and it was just like what's it everyone what's it yeah. um yes good questions actually I think uh was it Miko answer about the online shop yeah Miko um great to see you on the live again mate I know you're on uh most weeks uh I know you're yeah you're looking forward to, to your future trip um yeah, I mean, if I got to be honest, if it was all we were working on, we'd have it done by now. Yeah. But unfortunately, we've um, it's been a bit bit going on over the last sort of couple of months, really. Um, obviously, with the the, the seasons, um, the rescheduling and things with, with regards to the trips, everything that's happening um, is had to take priority. So yeah, it's it's one of those. Um, we I'd say it's about ninety percent done. Um, with our system team, it's never um, you know we, we don't want to just throw it out there. Because it'll it'll cause a lot of issues. So yeah, when it when it is done, mate, we'll we'll give you a nod. Yeah. Uh, I know that you've asked a couple of times over the last few weeks, and uh, you know, we're, we want to get it out as soon as we can as well. So uh, yeah, Miko, we'll uh, we'll definitely give you a yeah. shout about that, mate. So um, Christopher's asked as well: mm. um, Are any of the trips more family friendly? Oh, yeah. I think it depends on the family. Yeah. But by and large, our trips, are, you know, anybody who has hey, sort of has the motivation and the desire to do one of our trips, you know. Yeah is fine like the atmosphere on the trails whether you go into Kili or EBC or Tukal is always really friendly and inclusive yeah. and everyone's having a good time you will see families there you know you know with like you know mum dad two kids on their way to Everest base camp um so yeah it all depends on the family and whether that's the type of activity you enjoy because I wouldn't want to be dragging kids up to you know the summit of Kilimanjaro who really didn't want to do it yeah um, so it depends on the kids huh? yeah exactly yeah and I think the thing is with as well it's about maybe a little bit more thought into the the type of adventure you know if the kids are quite young yeah. they perhaps wouldn't be taking them to the summit of Kili right away but you can certainly start them off, you know, Machu Picchu, um, you know, um, a shorter trip to Tupacal, something like that. Um, and yeah, so I think, yeah, if you if it's a family adventure yeah. that you want to go on, why not? I think you're right there, Dave, um, with regards to, yeah, you know, instead of going straight for the jugular, going straight for the big one, uh, maybe give uh, Tupacal a go, um, you know, with, with regards to the trips. I mean, we, we've always get, we've always had, or we've always been open to, and we've had previous customers um, who are, um, you know, younger than 18. Um, we had a guy called Alan who went to Everest Base Camp and he had three of his sons who went with him. Um, you know, some of them, I think the oldest was 21. He had a couple of younger sons and they loved it. Um, but as, as Dave said, it depends on the, on the kids. And, you know, there's um, there's not a lot of shouting and swearing on our, our trips. You know, the people we get on our trips are kind of, you know, it's a good energy, um, you know, on, on it's the kind of industry that you like, I don't know if you if you're going on maybe a skiing holiday or maybe a scuba diving holiday or something. There's always a certain type of person, you know. I, I always I tend to see that. And I think when you're on the mountains, um, generally, obviously, I, you know, I know on a busy day on Snowdonia you get a lot of mixed, you know, in terms of uh, people up there. But 
Um, generally, there's nice people on the trails, especially if you go in at, say, Killy or Everest Base Camp or Tubcal, because people have chosen to be there yeah. and to take on these challenges. And those type of individuals tend to be, you know, quite nice. Um, you know, obviously, it's not a perfect world. You do get the odd idiot. But generally, yeah, they're, they're family friendly. I mean, if, if you're looking to bring any any kids and things like that, just give us a shout. We always um, do it on a, I say, a case by case basis because it depends on your family. We hate to sort of draw a line and say you're not allowed, yeah. because we're, we'd rather say um, we don't want to say no. We'd rather say yeah, sure, let's let's work it out and see what we can do. You exactly, know, yeah. um, so that's the kind of our approach, Chris. So yeah, give us a shout, mate, and drop us an email info at evertrek.co.uk. Um, we can have a we can have a chat about it. But Mick's doing Triff and Northridge this morning. Love it, Mick. I hope you had a good one. He's always out, Mick. Fair dues. You are hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> Great island, stuff. Island Pete, you know, he's got to get that training. Yeah, he is. He is, exactly. Um, Can't wait. Was it, uh, James Ashley, is, uh, yes. is it possible to book extra days for Tupcal? Yeah, no problem, James. Just drop me a message. Yeah. Um, let me know, you know, when you want to arrive and when you want to leave. And anything you want to do in the middle, um, let us know. We can usually sort you out about that. Um, he's actually interested in doing Mera and Island. Nice. In a, single, in a single one. So, wow. Awesome. Um, yeah. Awesome. Big, big trip. But yeah, I mean, one, one of the things we always say is like, like Andy just said, we don't like to say no to anything. Yeah. If there's an adventure that you want to do or something you want to see or experience when you're there, even if you don't see it on the website or you, you, you want a conversation about it, then drop us a message. Yeah. Because we, can, yeah. we have such a good local team, the Evertrek team in the countries we work. Yeah. Um, you know, we use them for a reason. So if you want to go to Chitwan or you want to go to the Sahara or you want to go to Serengeti, you know, anything like that, yeah. you just let us know. We can work it out, man. There's no problem. Yeah, yeah. Good Yeah, good question, guys. Good question. Okay. Well, look, um, I know we, we've been going for nine forty minutes already. It always flies by. Yeah. Doesn't it? It's nice to be back. But, um, yeah, I hope that it's been good, useful for everyone today. Um, you know, if we haven't answered your question, I think we've gone through most but if we haven't, um, we'll, we'll certainly go back in and, and um, oh, could he bring us forward his troop car to November this year? Look at Mick, he's in already. He's back from Trifan. Um, he wants to do. Well, but yeah, I suppose. I mean, we're, we're <laughs> potentially going in November anyway. Yes. Um, so it's one of those things where we are monitoring the COVID situation. At the moment, we said we expect yeah. that Morocco um, is going to be a goer. The reason I'm talking like this is because nothing is similar <laughs> in 2020. It's always, but, uh, it's always the same. But Mick, drop me an email, <laughs> mate, and um, we can we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, Mick. Um, why not? Uh, I see we we love we're going there in November. We can't wait. Um, yeah, even if you want to jump, maybe jump on ours. But uh, yeah, drop us a message, Mick, uh, and we'll be able to to work that out. I <laughs> have Ali. Do you guys ever listen to Africa by Toto at the top of Kelly? You know well, what? I love that one. Well. I'm just trying to find the who sang the Kilimanjaro. <laughs> was song. it Kilimanjaro? Kilimanjaro. No, no, there's a. I'm standing on the summit. Of oh, that's brilliant. That's the one we've heard. That's the one we've heard. That's the one we. Heard. <laughs> um, okay, we got a couple more questions. Johnny Clegg. Whilst you're researching that, yeah, man. Johnny Clegg. Um, listen to that. It's I'm standing on the top of Kilimanjaro. Uh, that is that is a good song. But generally, when you're in um, Tanzania, the one song you hear is uh, Jambo Bwana. Yeah, which is Jambo. Jumbo Buana. Beautiful singing voice, Dave. Yeah, that, that is um, all the Welsh can sing. Didn't <laughs> <you>? <laughs> Cheers, Mick. Mick. Mick's on his way out. Um, Will, I'll, I'll, I'll take on um, your question before we finish up. Uh, would altitude affect someone who had a heart attack a few years ago, I presume? Uh, not necessarily. I mean, we one thing we do say, if you've ever had any, you know, any issues previously, like heart conditions, um, you know, any pre-existing stuff, it's good to talk to your GP first um just to get kind of a green light really um the one thing i would say that sometimes it's also worth speaking maybe to a specialist because most gps are not i'd, I'd say most some um aren't i'd say a high altitude trained when it comes to medicine so some might be worth speaking to someone like uh, nomad health uh, clinics for example where they do have specialists who operate at high altitude um from a doctor perspective give you a bit more of a rounded yes or no or maybe if you do this we've had customers with lots of these sort of well, conditions heart ramona. conditions ramona yeah um you know it, it depends obviously on the severity when you're up there you know it is an oxygen deprived environment so your body is put under stress but it's um it's certainly a no um you know it would it the sort of effect it have on you it, it might make you a bit more tired because of the lack of oxygen i know we get a lot of asthmatics on the trek i mean i'm, I'm asthmatic myself it's never really affected me because it's managed 
Um, but yeah, I, I'd say maybe just go, maybe speak to your GP just to get a bit of peace of mind, um, you know, or speak to a specialist. And then, yeah, if, if, you, if, you, if you want to come on a trip, Will, um, you know, we'd love to, to make it happen for you. Yeah. Like, like we said, we don't want to say no. We'd say, okay, let's chat about it and see what we can do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if your cardiologist says it's safe, um, that's good enough for us, yeah. essentially. But um, yeah, I, we're getting a lot of questions about in Tukal in November now. I should just say <laughs> that trip is actually completely sold yes, out. Yes. Um, so I don't know if there will be any space to actually jump on in November or not. Um, and I don't know whether it's going to be going ahead. So just to let everyone know. That, uh, <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah, sorry, just, just because, uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, I misspoke. And, uh, <laughs> you know, made you all yeah. believe that there was this amazing trip going ahead. It's actually completely sold out. Yeah, um, there yeah. is a weekend that's still available. Yeah, there is uh, that, for some. Yeah, that's why I was kind of going to hopefully yeah. clarify is that there, there are some other trips. I think. That, uh, yeah, 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 definitely. If um, if you can book on that, okay. Well, look, um, we'll Roger out as well uh, as Mick uh, just put it. I love that. Um, but yeah, it's great. To, uh, great to be back. Um, yeah. Dave, it's quite nice to actually do it side by side. We got well, to do this again. Exactly. This is how it's going to be, Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, no, it's been great. Um, we will put this on. Um, obviously YouTube as soon as we can uh, I was away last week so I, last week's hasn't but we'll be putting it on there altitude training last week yeah. it was a good one it was, it, was good, good. Yeah. it was good today as well uh, I hope that helps regarding weather things like that um, you know uh, different no, no, I, mean, like. I mean you were altitude training <sighs> last week well it's, yeah, well, it's about two metres above sea level two metres above sea level yeah but no no on you, the beach yeah on the beach yeah but the, you were about 30,000 feet <laughs> for four hours yeah yeah uh, hike high sleep low yeah so I hiked got on a plane that's not low. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you did that last week. Very good. Now it's, it's great to great to be back, and um, yeah, we'll we'll catch up with you next week. Nice one, guys. All the best. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mount Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune in? But I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, and. <laughs> 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 thanks mate thanks now but if uh, if you've enjoyed it don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast um you know all these uh, podcasts we put together the episodes try to reach as many people as possible and if it's helped you leave us a lovely review um and yeah we'll see you again next week yeah all the best guys bye <laughs>